Hey, he's Jake, and I'm Matt. And welcome to Pat's Chat, the UK's best New England Patriots podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Pat's Chat with me, Matt. Yes, no Jake, just Matt. But I do have a very special guest um, that we will get to in just a second. It is the first lady of Pat's Chat. It's Lauren Campbell. She was a brilliant guest, so easy to talk to, and... Yeah, just really insightful, and we go into subjects such as women in sports um, journalism, sports media, Patriots, COVID, training camp, all the good stuff. So without further ado, let's cut straight to the chase. So joining me at this time is another special guest, and actually our first lady on the show. Um, she's a sports journalist covering the Red Sox, amongst other things, for All Boston Sports for Nessin. That's the New England Sports Network. But you can also hear her on the Stealing Second podcast. Um, she's just all around awesomeness. It's Lauren Campbell. How are you, Lauren? I'm doing pretty well. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. And as I say, it's um, you're the first lady we've had on the show. So... Um, I'm very proud of that fact, and we need to get more of more people like yourself on. That's for sure. I'm super excited. That's I did not know that, so that's really awesome. Yeah, I kept that one a little secret from you. <laughs> and um, so let's get into it. But before we get into the serious topics, of course, we have to cover some nonsense as well. But so, are you a coffee drinker? And if so, where and where, where and when do you go? Do you are you a morning person or or not? Uh, I'm a very big coffee drinker. Not so much a morning person. I'm kind of forced to be the last few days um, <laughs> with moving and getting used to just trying to settle down in the house. So um, I drink coffee when I wake up. I usually go for, it's called Death Wish Coffee. It sounds okay. a little violent, but it's really, really good. Um, it's pretty strong. It's supposedly, I don't know if it's the country's strongest coffee or the world's strongest coffee. I'm not sure, but um, either way, it's very good. I usually have some of that in the morning. Um, and if I'm on the go, if I, it really depends what I'm in the mood for. If I want something really strong, I go to Starbucks. But if I want um, like a caramel latte or something or a caramel iced coffee, I'll go to Dunkin's. Oh, okay. Well, a couple of different choices there. I'm going to check out that death wish one. That sounds uh, a bit insane, especially for get you going first thing in the morning, I'm guessing. Definitely. Yeah, that's one of the first things I do, definitely, is uh, go straight for the kettle and boil it before I even do anything else. So it's nice and ready for when I need it um, before definitely. I leave the house. I need it with a little daughter, that's for sure. <laughs> definitely. And so, as I mentioned at the start there, you cover um, the Red Sox. And so who who is your favorite Red Sox player, past or present? Um, it's super easy to say, you know, Pedro or David Ortiz or Manny, you know, those big names out there. But mm-hmm. 
ever since really like my junior year, sophomore year of high school, I was a huge John Lester fan. Uh, I was terribly heartbroken when they traded him. Um, and I've just kind of followed his path since from the minors to the Cubs, you know, so he's, I love his story. I love that he's overcome cancer. Um, mm-hmm. He's three no hitters or one no hitter. Um, and he's just, he's really made a, a good career for himself. So he's always, he's, he's probably my favorite player. Yeah. It's good to always um, have someone outside the box, I think, because being a Patriots fan, obviously a lot of people say, Oh, who's your favorite player? It must be Brady. It must be Edelman. But actually I know my favorite player is um, Hightower. And before him, it was Ninkovic before he decided to hang up his cleats. So, and those sort of edge rusher, edge rushers, linebackers, that's the kind of player I go for. And But I must admit, I'm a bit of a casual um, baseball fan, Red Sox fan. So um, PD's my one. That's the one I, I like I, um, out of the, the times that I've been watching anyway. But yeah, no, Leicester's a good pick for sure. I, I like that one a bit left field, um, so to speak. <laughs> no <pun> intended. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but apart from the Red Sox not doing very well, we've got the Celtics and Bruins uh, in the postseason at the moment. Do you think any one of the, those two teams can bring home another trophy to Beantown? I do. I I, I think um, both teams have a really good shot. Um, the layoff, the long layoff, looked like it really did more good for them than bad. Um, it's really hard to say which one would do it. First, I like the bias in me wants to say the Bruins, but mm. the Celtics have looked really good. But you also have to remember with the 76ers, they didn't have Ben Simmons. Joel Embiid was a little banged up. So I do think the Raptors will be a good test. Um, I think the Celtics can get past the Raptors. I think that they will win the championship. Um, I think the Bruins have a bit of a tougher road, but I'm, I think I'm confident saying either one of them could, could do it this year. Yeah, I think so too. And it's quite funny how it's worked out for this next round that, um, you know, the Toronto and, and Tampa links that have came up for round two and, and vice versa for where they're actually playing the games as well. <laughs> it's a bit of a, a, a story for you guys, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. And um, so... You obviously work for Nessun. How did you get into that line of work? Is it always something, you know, did you go through college and things and that's what you wanted to do? Or is it something that you kind of stumbled in a, into a little bit? Um, I was pretty lucky. I knew early on that I wanted to do something with sports, whether it was on camera or writing. Um, so I started taking journalism and newspaper classes in high school, did that all through college, studied English and journalism in college, and just blogged a lot. I had blogs. I wrote for various blogs um, in the area for the Boston teams and really just kept grinding away at those until I landed um, with another company prior to Nesson. I was there for three years until Nesson reached out to me and was like, let's try to get you in for an interview. And the rest is history two and a half years later. Mm. Well, it's always good if you're headhunted, I guess. I'm not sure that your work speaks for itself, really. Thank you. Yes. And so would that be a course of action that you would sort of recommend to people or, you know, doing the whole blog thing and doing as much writing and building up a, 
a creative portfolio really i guess would be one way to describe it would that be the best way to get into this line of work of journalism and such like yeah blogging uh kind of marketing yourself just promoting everything and anything that you have um especially stuff that you're confident in or that you that you know is written really well just um you know keep keep grinding away and keep blogging especially blogging because it gives you a lot of freedom to write you know it, it showcases who you are as a writer and your style of writing so the more you can blog the more that you're showing who you are as a writer and that is that's huge to, to potential employers yeah um excuse me yeah it must be um a way to one of the best ways i find it, it it's it's quite therapeutic in a way that you, you you know you just keep writing and writing and it's the only way I guess the same as artists say they keep painting keep sketching so it's like it's the only way to kind of grow and build and develop your own style because you can look up to certain journalists or people but you know if you're just going to emulate them then you're not actually carving out your own niche really are you right and it's it's that's part of the fun of being a writer is really, you know, looking at all these other journalists, sports journalists, whether it's baseball, football, whatever sport, and seeing how different they are and how you can kind of mirror your work after that. Because, you know, when you're talking game raps and straight news hits like breaking news, it's hard to kind of put your voice in there. But when you are able to project your voice into to news, opinions, and long-form features, that's where it really comes out and makes you kind of stand above the rest. Hmm. And you're obviously a woman, you're a woman in sports. How has that been for you? Has it been quite difficult? It's portrayed as being quite a difficult thing to get into breaking the boy club mentality and culture and such like. How have you found that for yourself? I've been very fortunate. Um, the locker rooms I've, I've been in have been very welcoming and very respectful. Um, I know others have not been so lucky, but I've never felt threatened. I've never felt less and I've never felt like I wasn't able to do my job because of a man in the locker room or a specific person on site um like I said very fortunate I think um a lot of the beats in Boston have uh very respectful writers and just kind of we're all there to do the same job we just want to get the quotes we want to write our stories and we all want to go home happy um on Twitter that's where I like a lot of I don't want to say a lot of people but I have had people um come after me and just be rude for no reason just kind of trying to start something um so it's mostly on the internet which I mean everything's on the internet these days and yeah. it's a lot easier to ignore on the internet which is great um but never never on site or in in my field specifically that since I've been in it um and that's just my experience like I said I know others have not um been as lucky and that's very unfortunate but I consider myself very lucky because I've not dealt with anything of that nature. You must use that block button on Twitter quite a lot then, <laughs> do you? I do. My, my thumbs get busy some, day, some nights. <laughs> and I, I've got a daughter and I'd love her to be into sports as much as my wife would disagree with me. But <laughs> there's, um, there's certain females that I look up to as role models on her behalf. She's, she is just two and a half at the moment. So she's got plenty of time to grow and whether she likes sports or not is her prerogative. I'm not going to, you know, 
drill it down our throat sort of thing but I would like her to be into sports because it's what I my big passion is in life but you know you've got the likes of Rennie Young in WWE you've got Aaron Andrews at Fox and there's uh, of course yourself um, in your opinion is that the type of thing for myself as a parent and other parents to pay attention to to try and pick out people like yourself that are role models for their children to possibly emulate and succeed and you know aspire to be really yeah I think the the women you named are are really great strong women and then I can't speak for Renee I don't really know um if she's on anything outside or before um WWE but I know Erin Andrews has done sports she's done entertainment she's done you know live tv shows so she's done a whole lot and her resume speaks for itself so she is really just she can do it all she's great um especially too i know obviously like you're on twitter um it's really important to see how these women conduct themselves on on twitter too and Mm. that would be really good like you get kind of a better sense of who they are than just on tv and you know you obviously want your daughter to look up to people who are good people and like i said the two women you named are great and i think that's that's a great start because in in my experience anyway like you see strong women doing something you want to do or maybe growing up it's like a very male dominated business or maybe it's like oh only men can do that but if Mm. she sees these women doing this with the help of you I think that's great because even if she doesn't want to be or like be a sports fan or whatever maybe seeing women in prominent positions will change your mind or she'll be kind of intrigued being like oh okay like what's this so definitely I, I love that I love that you are kind of already thinking that way and kind of going down that path I think that's great it's it's kind of just it's in my head and it's it's not going away anytime soon I, I'll, I'll happily sit and watch um things with her and I'm trying to get her and go oh do you want to come watch football with daddy yeah. oh no you, you you don't want to watch that you want to watch Mickey Mouse all right okay I'll, <laughs> I'll concede in this occasion I guess but yeah no you're right enough and it, it, it can be what I've tended to find growing up until more recently um I might be wrong I'm not sure but it's almost like women have been there as a token like oh you know we've got five guys we better just have something different so to speak and it's almost like they've not earned it or got it on merit they've just been there as sort of you know legs or boobs or whatever you want to call it sort of thing but I think now um definitely in in recent years that that's all changing and people are there on merit and you're you know you said yourself that um Nesson wanted you rather than the other way around so I think it's it's definitely starting to show for sure Oh, absolutely. And I work too with, um, in my department specifically, I work alongside two other really strong, amazing women that um, one's fairly new. She got hired in the beginning of the year and one's been around for almost two years. So just to kind of be surrounded too by strong women inside the building, outside the building is just, it makes my job so much more fun and so much easier just because we're, we're just, three women just trying to to do our jobs and do the best that we can yeah definitely and my my wife especially she totally wants to drill it in her head even now she started already you know she'll say to my daughter you're smart you're um 
as well as being as well as the aesthetic thing she tries to get it into you know you're kind you're smart and that sort of thing as well so we're trying our best at least anyway <laughs> we'll see how she turns out when she hits her her teens and the hormones developing oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we spoke about the the red Sox at the at the top there and uh, touched on them a little bit asking your favorite player but that's your your self-confessed specialty you are a baseball nerd as you say and um so let's speak about that a bit more as I said, i'm a bit casual but i'll let you um talk a bit more i guess um <laughs> but so what's going on with the season what has actually happened to the red sox they just seem to have fallen off a cliff since they started this condensed year so i i knew going in that it was going to be a struggle because you already are going in without chris sale um you lost Erod for the season, which was a huge blow to the rotation. And then you lost, obviously, David Price in the Mookie trade, and then Rick Porcello went to the Mets. So your whole rotation is just gone. <laughs> and you have Nathan Ovaldi, who today, actually, just within the last hour, got scratched from his start on Wednesday, mm. and he'll start Saturday instead. He's, I guess he has, a, I think, a leg cramp. Um, I had just seen that before I jumped on here. So there... The pitching is the problem. Um, the offense on paper is still stacked. It, they're still, and we've seen it. We've seen them, unfortunately, lose like 17 to 6 and, you know, 12 to 8 or whatever. So they are putting up those runs. And it's, I remember in 2019, another really struggle season that they had the best offense in the entire league. It was just their pitching that struggled. And it's the same story this year. It just, it's a lot worse because of how many pitchers they lost and how the bullpen already is kind of taxed and we're 30 games into the season, I think, already. So with a taxed bullpen and an inexperienced bullpen where they're getting a lot of work, they're young. And some of these pitchers, you know, we know what we're getting with them. You know, Matt Barnes, Ryan Brazier, we know that we're not going to get lights out from them every single time they come in. And maybe it causes you a bit of anxiety watching them come in from the bullpen uh, on any given night. So the pitching is the heart of this, of this problem with the team. Um, I will say that I'm very happy that the Bruins and Celtics are playing right now and football is <laughs> right around the corner because it's, even though it's a shortened season, it's still a long season. Um, but hopefully next year, you know, with Chris Sale, coming back and maybe the trade deadline they'll do they'll get some pitchers and maybe you never know what's going to happen in in free agency so just kind of wash your hands of the season call it a wash and hope for the best for 2021. Let's hope so at least and it's the the games against the Yankees that have pained me and I'm sure it's pained every Red Sox fan that that's you know they've they've just not come out looking great in those games at all really um but yeah, the Celtics and the Bruins, thankfully, they're there to pick us up and cheer us up a little bit. And obviously, the, the Patriots season is right around the corner. And with the Patriots, it's early days into camp. And how have you found it that so far? Do you think the narratives are starting to settle down a bit compared to, you know, what they might have been last week of, oh, he's had, you know, there were equal reps and now, oh, Cam's getting more reps and such like. How do you... Have you um, have you managed to follow it so far, and what have you thought? Yeah, I think um, I think it's been what we thought. Like, I'm not sitting here thinking like anything has really 
jumped out as a surprise to me, um, which is probably a good thing. Um, I think obviously the one thing that has the biggest surprise is Jared Stidham's potential leg injury that could be, but I don't know if they think it's extensive. I haven't really um, looked too much into it, but I do know that they think he might be out for a little while, but a leg injury, I mean, it's not, it's nothing to really fool around with. It's, it can be, it might not be extensive, but it could be a long-term uh, recovery and it can just be tricky because from then it's like, do you ever trust that leg fully? Um, but really other than that, I think, um, I think the quarterback thing is, has settled down a little. I think, you know, Julian Edelman had an Instagram post today. Um, it was portraying him and Cam Newton in a Batman and Superman costume. And it was a, a <laughs> quote from, from the dark Knight, I believe. Yeah. And it was kind of like, well, does that settle the whole, who's going to be week one starter? But in my mind, anyway, when the Patriots signed Cam, to me, I was like, well, there's your week one starter because it's Cam Newton. Mm. Yeah, I think so. It's, um, it's been my start. I, I thought the same thing, Lauren, when he was signed. I thought, well, you're not signing a former MVP just to sit on the bench. And the, the so-called issues that may have come from Cam's attitude hasn't seemed to have come so far. And the so-called issues from... Cam maybe being a bit, you know, lazy sort of thing, playing around a little bit and Belichick not actually, like, taking heed of it and coming down them hard hasn't come to fruition either. The Both parties seem to be marrying up quite well so far that Cam is expressing himself a little. We've seen the videos of him dancing on the, the practice field and such like, and, you know, giving a, give us a, a little chuckle here and there. But, yeah, no, I saw that Instagram post as well from Edelman and it was kind of like, well, does that settle or not? Or is this him just stirring the pot a little bit? And... He, as well as Cam, there's obviously Edelman, there's other ones that are going to be the veterans. I think they might try and lean on a bit more. Gunner's coming on in his second year. He's, for me, he was on the bubble, if not on the cutting room floor. But I'm starting to change my mind a little bit. He might be one that actually saves himself with Camp. How do you think Camp has actually, or the lack of preseason, I should say, is going to affect things? Do you think they'll lean on the, the veterans a bit more? or is it a case that some of the rookies and non-drafted free agents that are performing well in camp then can't scupper their chances by, you know, making a mess of it in a preseason game against the Giants or Lions or whoever? Yeah, I think it definitely impacts, the, like you said, the rookies, the undrafted free agents for sure because they don't get those reps. And this is when, you know, those people, especially the undrafted, are fighting for that roster spot and that final spot on the roster. So to not have those games, to even not have one or two is a huge blow to them. For the veterans, I think it's, you know, it's, it's the same business as usual. Um, even with a new quarterback, even if it was Stidham or Cam Newton, you know, Stidham's been with the Patriots for a year. So he was, he's seen the system. He kind of sees, he knows how it works. Brian Hoyer, you don't need to do anything with Brian Hoyer. He knows, he knows what he's doing here. And Cam Newton, no, he doesn't, he's, he's new here, but he, he has the experience. He's been with the team for several years and he's, he's a veteran. So he not having preseason probably won't hurt him as much, maybe a little more because he hasn't played in an NFL game since 2018, I believe. So that certainly will, will hurt. But at the end of the day, 
they're still out there, you know, doing, doing their best. They're still staying in shape, working out, getting those reps in as, as much as possible and trying, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not there right now. So I'm, I'm assuming that they're doing everything they can to show that they are NFL ready and they they want to, to prove themselves as a rookie or as an undrafted free agent that they belong in this league. And it'll probably make them work twice as hard. And in, in, in my opinion, just because they don't have those games because, because of COVID. So it's all different this year. And I think they have to adapt really quick. And if they don't, then that's just grounds for them to be like, see ya, we're going to cut you. Mm-hmm. I think COVID has got a lot to answer for this year and in many respects. And those aspects that we're speaking about are definitely some of them. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the next couple of weeks plays out before the season starts and who does make the roster, who doesn't. And there's obviously the changes to the how the, the practice squad is going to work this year a little bit as well, which might come in, uh, you know, we know that Bill loves a practice squad player and being able to pick them off of there if and when needed. And I saw something earlier on, there's some, just a, a fan account on Twitter was saying, you know, what do they think about the 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 quarterback battle, so to speak, between Cam and, and Janet and, potentially Hoyer a lot bit because Hoyer seems to have come out like a shining light out of this camp so far. He just it's it's still a given that he's not even getting near the the starting lineup, I think. But I was just thinking about it myself and I thought, well, I'm I'm like you, you Lauren, Cam's number one, Jack's number two, and I don't see why you would cut Hoyer either, because we had Cody Kessler last year who was running scout team drills and such like. And to have someone like Hoyer that can do that, but can also come in as starter of COVID hits our quarterback room somehow, but he survives it. There's going to be loads of things that come into play this year. Um, you know, you could see whole swathes of linebackers go down or something. We're just not sure what's going to happen with it. But someone I am interested in as well, and in, in terms of injuries and it's, it's not COVID related, but currently on the pop is Sony Michelle. How do you think he's going to um, do this season? And do you think Lamar Miller's in for? some game time or is he just there to kind of put the wind up his sails and and push him on to to actually be a, a better running back in year three no i'm i'm definitely intrigued with uh, sony michelle because he's obviously there's a lot of hype around him and his knee injuries have have hindered him and i think he can be a difference maker in this game i think he just needs to stay healthy and that'll be the biggest question mark going into the season for him um and for lamar miller same too he's coming off an acl injury so, and we know he, he can produce, we know he's capable of being a good running back, but I think, I think he could play a role for sure. Um, I just think it's a matter of how he responds to uh, camp and how his ACL is feeling. Obviously that's a really tough injury. We've seen Edelman come back from it, obviously Tom Brady, and we've seen a, a plenty of NFL players. I feel like every year it's between weeks one and four, it's just like there is <laughs> off the charts so and we've seen these players just come back and be be really good so I I want that for Lamar Miller because who doesn't love a good comeback story and the Patriots desperately need you know I know he's not a wide receiver and I know that that's where they're where they really need help but if another weapon for Cam Newton is is another weapon for Cam Newton so I'm going to take it if it's a tight end a running back or a wide receiver I just same with, with, as I said about Sonny Michelle, I just hope this duo is healthy 
because they could potentially be be pretty dangerous for the Patriots. Yeah, the um, the duo or the the trio, if you want to include James White in there, the three of them could be off the charts this year if they all stay healthy. They all get some game time. The 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 plays that are being or we we think are being made up um, between Cam and uh, Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick. Well, we're in a, an era now where obviously Tom Brady isn't here. He's gone to South Florida. Uh, we've got a more mobile quarterback or two mobile quarterbacks that could be used for RPOs. But then I think that you've got Lamar Miller, Sony Michelle and James White that we could also throw in the mix um, in those options, especially Sony last year, I was really hoping would um, pick up some more sort of plays of RPO type things, the, the things that James White can do, because otherwise it was just so two-dimensional or even one-dimensional. If Sony was in the game, you go, right, we're going to run here. If James White was in the game, it was more than likely that you might get a run, but more often than not, it would be a catch out the backfield or you know, something like that. But to have the trio of them fit and healthy and good to go would be something that's maybe a sight to behold this year, hopefully. And it's possibly pushing them on. Um, and with Cam there also being QB1, it's pushing them on to be the number one in the East this year. Do you think they can stay atop the East and beat out the Bills for that um, first position? I do. I, I do. I think... Um... I think they do have a legitimate shot at that one seed with, with Cam Newton. And I know the bills are, are good. They're our strong team. I don't know if I want to so, go off and say good, but they do have um, a lot of people rooting for them and a lot of people behind them thinking that they will overtake the AFC. Um, I'm not fully convinced. Uh, we've seen glimpses of really good play from, from Josh Allen. I just don't, I don't think I'm, convinced that they will be the bills will be the number one seed um and I wasn't really convinced the Patriots were going to be either until they signed Cam Newton so I think Cam Newton really changes that especially if he's 100 percent um that's a that's a dangerous quarterback when he's 100 mm-hmm. percent I for one I'm I'm not getting too ahead of myself and thinking they they can go all the way or even to the AFC championship and I'm definitely along the same line of thinking as you as if um, Stidham was going to be QB1, then I was quite happy taking a, an 8-8 eight and eight or possibly a 9-7 and seven season. And now Cam comes in the, the building and you might be looking at a 10-6 a and six or 11-5 and five if we're even luckier than, than that. Um, but do you, do you think they can get to the FC Championship game or the Super Bowl? Or how, how far do you think they can go this year? I know it's early days and there's a lot to be played for, but give your early season prediction. Um, I, I don't think that they'll get to the Super Bowl. Um, and that, that, that pains me to say, because we were just so used to that over here in Boston, but, um, uh, I haven't really thought too much about the season in general, about like Super Bowl, um, predictions or anything. I'm really high on the Vikings this year. I, I don't really know why. Um, I think that they're, I think they're going to finish first in the NFC, I think that they're going to be – they're going to take over the Packers. And I just – I don't I don't know why. I can't, I can't, like, sit here and pinpoint, like, this is exactly why I think the Vikings are going to be, like, the team in the NFC. And it's easy to go and say Tampa Bay for 
mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. But for the Patriots, I I definitely see them. I can see them getting to the AFC Championship game, not to the Super Bowl. But again, it really depends on is if this team can stay healthy, especially because there's been so many opt outs too on defense, and that was a huge part of the team last year. It was defense, defense, defense. So. I'm really intrigued by the Patriots this year. I was the second Tom Brady left. Um, But I think adding Cam Newton and seeing all these opt-outs and even just seeing how the season's going to go with COVID in general, I think it's going to be really interesting overall. Yeah, I'm I'm interested. And I'm super excited as well. I'm the same as you. As soon as Tom walked out the door, then I was like, right, let's get on this. Let's see how this season pans out this year. I'm not going to be doom and gloom and think, well, as you say, it's easy to think that Tampa could go all the way this year when you you factor in that Tom's throwing to Godwin and, and Evans. But what is their bad, you know their running back game like? Their their defense finished high last year, but yeah, no, I think that's the headline right there, Lauren. Yeah, Vikings top of the NFC. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll I'll stick with that one. But um, over over the years, um, watching the Patriots. What have you found to be some of your most memorable moments? Is there anything that you know people wouldn't think or wouldn't know that I put outside the obvious that was something that sticks out in your mind as being one of your your favorite memories? Um, one of my first memories with the Patriots um, is watching the Super Bowl in '96. I don't really have a whole lot of recollection from it because I was six years old, but I remember my dad and my brother were really really hyped up for it. And I was only six, like I said, so it was a kind of a big deal that I was going to be able to stay up late and watch it. I don't even think I made it to halftime, but I <laughs> hung up all these pictures that I drew around my house saying just like, go Patriots and go Pats. And obviously they lost. So it was very depressing waking up the next morning, but kind of going from that into seeing the dominance that kind of ensued after, you know, four or five years later, that it was just crazy to I remember when Drew Bledsoe got hurt and everyone was like who is this Tom Brady guy he's not going to do anything for us he's this loser 199 overall pick <laughs> and it's it's just so funny how seeing people's opinions change especially when Belichick went with Brady over over Bledsoe and to kind of see how everyone's opinion has changed and then when Brady went down in 08 with the ACL and everyone was just like oh no, like, who's, who's this Matt Castle guy? Like, it's just like a vicious <laughs> Um Those are always like our big memories that stick out. And over the last two, two or three seasons, I've been very lucky to go and cover games uh, for Nesson. So just those games, I got to cover games against the Chiefs, games against the Browns, the Eagles. So really those games kind of stick out too. And and I think 2010 or 2011, I went as a fan to Patriots-Jets playoffs, and it was, it was snowing, it was raining, it was freezing cold, and they lost. And I've never been back to a, a, a game as a fan in the playoffs because I'm like, that's enough, I drink enough. <laughs> I never want to do that again because I was absolutely miserable. But those kind of things just kind of stick out, just like, you know, fun memories or just like big things that I just remember exactly where I was and, and just kind of seeing the evolving Patriots fan because, I mean, I grew up, with Drew Bledsoe and then it was Tom Brady. So I have no idea what to expect next because I just kind of assumed Tom Brady was going to finish out his career here. Mm-hmm. And 
so it's going to be fun kind of also seeing the Patriots fans evolve from Tom Brady to Cam Newton or Jared Stidham or whoever is going to be next. So it's just going to be a little bit of a revolving door for a little while and it's going to be fun. I think we've just got to sit down and take the ride, I think, as they say, and you know, see where the roller coaster takes us because it's, it, as you say, it's going to be unpredictable this next few years. And it's probably why I'm more excited than I have been in years because you kind of knew what you were expecting a little bit with Brady Belichick tandem and, you know, however many, was it 10 championship games in a row they made to and um, 17 out of the last um, 20 seasons they've they've won the division and there's I've actually there's a podcast I listened to and the guys on there were saying that they've actually almost pretty much fallen out of love with the Patriots and uh, a little bit because it became so boring and dull I mean I mean how could you say such a thing when you're winning championships every year but I mean I guess it can be that for for some people and and now the excitement's going to kick in even more so because we've got a different quarterback now and we've got we're almost definitely going to have a different style of play that's going to be a bit more mobile and exciting to watch and a bit more modern if you will I guess because everyone seems to be moving towards this modern quarterback sort of thing so no I'm excited and the those are some cool memories for sure Lauren especially well maybe not the Jets one as such but <laughs> um definitely professionally for yourself being a bit of cover some of the games that um at pitch side level and such like you know that's pretty cool isn't it it is it's fun because like I've been a fan of sports my whole life and just to kind of make it into a career and kind of go back to the places you know not really Gillette I didn't go too much into Foxborough Stadium then as when I was a kid Mm -hmm. but you know Fenway and the Garden it's just it's really cool to just kind of watch something that I have so many fond memories of just kind of making it into a whole career and making completely different memories with that. So it's sports are really cool that way. Yeah, definitely. And I know who to hit up when I, the next time I'm in the Boston area to try and uh, go see, see some Celtics or Bruins or uh, Red Sox games. Uh, I'll come find you. <laughs> Absolutely. Please do. <laughs> well, Lauren, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the first lady of Pat's chat. Um, but before I let you go, I want you let you plug the Ness in, plug, plug your work, plug the, the podcast and Twitter, etc. Um, go for it. Sure. So you can find me on Twitter. It's la 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 Lauren. So it's three laws and then Lauren with four R's. Um, and that's pretty much my social media across. So that's Instagram. That's I, my LinkedIn. It's just my name, Lauren Campbell. Um, and same thing, like I said, once you find my Twitter, you can pretty much find all my social media. Always feel free to DM me and follow me, especially during Bruins season. Right now, it's obviously very busy, so um, I'm trying to fire off a lot of fun tweets lately. Um, and then I also co-host the Stealing Second podcast. We are on Twitter at Stealing Second. So we just started that podcast, so we're pretty excited about it. So give us a follow because we are trying to build our following. And I, th- I think that's it for, for social media, you know, my, all my plugs. And then obviously, <laughs> Nesson.com. obviously you can find me on, on Nesson.com. Um, yeah. um, covering Bruins tonight and covering Bruins Wednesday. So go check it out for, for good Bruins coverage. Thanks again, Lauren. And we'd love to have you back on later in the season or um, whenever you can manage and whenever you've got some free time. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to come on whenever. Perfect. Well, thanks again. Thank you.
Thank you. And that was another brilliant special guest on Pat's Chat, Lauren Campbell of Nessin. As I said in the intro, what a great, great guest she was. Brilliant to have on. Would love to have her on again. And to any women that's listening, Claire, I'm guessing you'll be listening to this. And But anyone else who are Patriots fans um, or analysts or writers or whatever, um, we'd love to get more women on the show. Um, so by all means, hit us up on Twitter at Pat's Chat UK. You can get me on Twitter at Matt Inkster and Jake at Jake Paul Design. Hopefully the two of us will be back on the next episode. Um, but yeah, you've just been listening to me for now, but mainly Lauren, which is great. So remember folks, rate, review and subscribe. Tell everyone that you know. Um, share us on Twitter when the episodes are released. Like, comment, retweet, whatever you can do for us. Spread the good word of Patch Chat UK. Um, keep listening folks, there will be another episode out very, very soon with another special guest I'm sure. But until then, until next time, see ya! Bye.